Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on a Thursday, October 7th. LA Galaxy in the off-week international break going on. Uh, no games for the Galaxy this week. A couple games for MLS. Again, we're going to sort of key you off on which games those are. Uh, some interesting news, though. So Julian Araujo, we'll talk about his switch to the Mexican national team. We did a study on the longest win list, unbeaten streaks, all that sort of fun stuff. So uh, you're going to get the benefit of that. We'll talk about the vaccination requirements that are coming up, a little LA Galaxy 2. We're going to do a state of the LA Galaxy. We're going to talk about playoffs and clinching and blah, 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 blah. There's a whole bunch of stuff. And not to get too far ahead of us, but around 8.15 or so, we're going to be joined by LA Galaxy goalkeeper, Mr. Jonathan Bond. So he'll be back to us here. Uh, been a while since we talked to him. So a lot of things to get to, a lot of things to talk about to help me do all that. She's back better than ever. Here she is, Miss Sophie Nicolaus. Sophie, how's it going? Yes, yes, you're, you're just, oh, you're just goal celebrations. You're, 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 you're rocking and rolling. I love it. I love it. I love it. So how are, how are you doing? You doing okay? I'm doing great. Absolutely great. I got this. Look at this. I got this gift from Tony and it's an awesome. Um, look at that. Be, Be kind. kind. Uh-huh. Yes. And inside it's uh, had sunflower seeds. Okay. And uh, I planted them and then the little uh, necklace uh, uh-huh. that says you are my sunshine. And that's, I thought that was lovely. That's what. So you plant the sunflower seeds, you grow something and then you feel really guilty when you kill it. Is that how, is that how it works? Well, maybe, yeah. And I also just realized that I hope my nails, I've been in the garden um, trying to rescue Vespa earlier and my nails might be a bit grummy. So um, that was the that was bad timing on my behalf, perhaps. It, it, it is what it is. Uh, just a reminder, everybody, and from the top <laughs> of the show this time, uh, last time, uh, last Thursday, we had Landon Donovan on the show. And so we forgot to sort of start our secret word at the very beginning because we knew LD was going to call at the very front. So uh, we waited till like 25 minutes in to start our secret word game, but not this time, Sophie. We have a secret word. You know what it is. I know what it is. And as always, you, the listeners, it means it's your job to guess what our secret word is. Now, Sophie and I are going to do our best to use the word 
as many times as we can without completely giving it away. Quite honestly, I would love to be able to say we used it a bunch and we got all the way through the show without anybody noticing. So that's sort of, that's our goal. That's how good we have to be, Sophie. We have to, we have to <laughs> I, just, I feel this burden and huge sense of responsibility right now yes. that you have, you know, yes. put on me. We, so. we have to, we have, we have this, we, we have to put this together. It is, it is really a skill of ours to use this word um, the best we can. So uh, that is that. Uh, we'll be playing that throughout the, throughout the show, maybe even during the Jonathan Bond interview as well. I mean, if we're really feeling feeling saucy, Ooh. maybe maybe we could talk to Jonathan Bond and use the secret word uh, in there as well. So uh, that's interesting. I know there's some international games going on. We're going to try to update on some internationals. Now, I don't have up to date because I'm literally been here at this desk for like the last 90 minutes putting everything together. So uh, we'll tell you what games were supposed to happen and how it was supposed to go. And the people we knew we know played and didn't play uh, sort of to just get you updated on all of that. So um, that's something we're going to do. Let's start it off, though, Sophie. Let's play a little Wikipedia guessing game. Um, as you know, we've changed this up a little bit, um, just trying to make it a little more broad. So we're going to give you your first clue. Uh, your job, of course, is to guess in our chat room. Uh, if you're listening along in the podcast, uh, you know, you get to guess as well. Uh, but I always encourage you to come to a live show. Um, so that way you're not just yelling at the radio and nobody's responding. Uh, we'll be here. <laughs> so uh, let's let's start. Here is our first clue. We always start with a youth career. So remember, current member of the LA Galaxy. Those are the rules. Um, at least until we run out of those and then we'll figure out what else we're going to do. But here is your first clue. Uh, the youth career. Uh, Traymore AFC. And then from 2009 to 2012, Aston Villa. So those are your first clues. Your youth crew, Traymore AFC, uh, and 2009-2012 Aston Villa. All right, there we go. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, not. they've won the uh, European Cup, Aston Villa, back in the day. Back in the they day. They were a glorious, glorious side in English football in the late 70s and 80s. Now, now, where is Aston Villa in the country? Because I'm pretty sure I drove by the stadium. Birmingham. Yes, that's I could. Yes, I was there. Okay, yes, I was pretty sure somebody was like, "Oh, that's where Aston Villa plays." Yeah, yeah. Is that the Birmingham accent? Is that? Is, yeah, yeah, it's oh. the worst. I don't it's, know which is worse, the Birmingham or Newcastle. Newcastle. <laughs> Newcastle almost sounds Scottish. There is that. Is that? It that, does a little bit. It, yeah. Okay, there's, except there's, I'm really bad at the Newcastle accent, so yeah, probably yeah. not doing it much justice. Yeah, very good. Well, uh, Caesar in our chat room has already guessed, uh, Mr. Derek Williams, and that is correct. So for the Wikipedia game, uh, it is Mr. Derek Williams. Uh, defender for the LA Galaxy, uh, Aston Villa from 2011 to 2013, Bristol City 2013 to 2016, Blackburn Rovers 2016 to 21, and of course the LA Galaxy in 2021. Mr. Derek Williams injured, but hopefully coming back, uh, possibly for this Portland game. So if everybody's looking forward to that, we'll see. Uh, I should note the LA Galaxy have no media calls this week, Sophie. So um, we are we are in the dark for a week as it is, and that's probably just fine. Everybody can rest and relax and, and do all that fun stuff. Not you, Josh. You got Bondi. <laughs> well, Delivering we, we, for the for the folks again i was gonna say we made jonathan work that's what it was he was he had you know he has this week <laughs> off they've been training um this week but yeah it was one of those i was like who, who could we get on who who would enjoy coming on our show too that's always a thing right you have to some guys would be like yeah i'll do it but i don't want to do it and i know jonathan yeah. bond wants to do it um and wants to talk to everybody uh by the way feel the berm updating us a little bit on some international games obviously uh us uh, i don't know if everybody watched it but if you didn't uh two nothing um that's something to sort of uh, uh keep an eye on as they go through there uh now i I think sitting at the top of the group, Mexico and Canada tied at 1-1 with Jonathan Dos Santos, who didn't start um, on there. 
so uh, he's there. Sebastian Legette didn't play for the U.S. men's national team. I'm trying to go through some of these and see if we can think. Uh, Danilo Acosta usually doesn't play for Honduras, and I didn't see their lineup, but they were supposed to play at five today. O'Neill Fisher didn't play for Jamaica whenever they played against the U.S. So, uh, so far, the L.A. Galaxy seem to be dodging it. Ryan Revelison this morning, Sophie, uh, it was the Democratic Republic of Congo um, playing against uh, Madagascar, and Mad Madagascar lost 2 nothing. Revelison started and went the 90 minutes in that. They have a return leg on 10-10 that they'll play there as well. And Madagascar has three losses in their scheduled uh, five games that they have. So I don't know that they're going to be making the World Cup qualifying uh, there. They're going to have to do a lot of work here in the final two games in order to make that happen. So um, the more LA Galaxy players don't play in these qualifiers, the better. That, I mean, I, I think that's probably right. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I understand what you're saying. So uh, Nico Hamelainen yeah. uh, has played a bunch with Fli Finland. So uh, they play mm. on 10-9 and 10-12, something to keep an eye open. Uh, obviously, if you're on the CONCACAF side, there are three games um, instead of just the two. So 10-7, uh, 10-10, and 10-13 are the dates. So it is ends up being Thursday, which is tonight. So everybody's playing tonight. Um, and then 10-10 is Sunday, I believe. Yeah, I think Sunday. Uh, and then 10-13 is the Wednesday. So that's how it is. it's all sort of rolling in there as it goes. So international soccer. Did you watch, by the way, did you watch any Belgium France today? <laughs> this is why Roberto Martinez is the most <laughs> overrated manager in the history of soccer. I Okay. I mean, I, I agree. I, so I, I can agree with that. I would just like to say that as a neutral, I enjoyed that game so, so much. It was such so good. a good game in the first half. It was such a good game in the second half. Uh, Belgium ended up uh, losing that game, being ahead 2-0 at halftime. Uh, and France came back and won it 3-2. Uh, so after it looked like Belgium had scored about three minutes beforehand and scored the winner uh, that was ruled offside correctly. Uh, because, you know, in, in that was a nation leagues, Nations League games, but in World yeah, Cup qualifiers in Europe, uh, they actually have VAR, unlike here in CONCACAF, where we decided that, oh, man, that sounds really hard. Hard. Oh, um, so anyway, just thought I'd point that out. Oh. Terrible. Two two cards they should have had, uh, yeah, Jamaica, the, in yeah, that game. Absolutely. And VR, VAR would have ruled both of those. I mean, really, when you look at it, there's a responsibility of the of the, of CONCACAF to to put this together and make this a tournament that is worthy and seen across the world. Right now, we're, you're playing with one hand behind your back. And I know some people hate VAR, so... But you have to have it now. It's it's not like, no. oh, you can't. Oh, we're just for this tournament. No, thank you for the Gold Cup. Yes, for this tournament. No. And, you know, people want to say, well, there's some developed nations that might not have the infrastructure. CONCACAF has plenty of money to go ahead and implement this stuff and they waste it on other things. And so make them do what they're supposed to be doing. Anyway, soapbox. That's fun. Good times. Uh, Very good. Marvin, by the way, says, uh, please make the secret word pupusas again just to hear Bond saying it. So we'll just uh, maybe we, maybe we can ask Bondy if he wants to just say pupusas for us, uh, which, by the way, I'm finding I don't know. Are you a big fan of pupusas? Do you have you had? Pupusas? I, I have had pupusas and um, I would like to eat more of them, I have to say. That's so I yeah. only have them available to me relatively close on Saturdays at the farmer market. And I'm finding mm -hmm. that that is not enough days of the week in order to have them available to me. So yeah. on Saturday, you will find me at the farmer's market 
getting babooses again. And my son, who is almost Which two, farmer's market? The one, Which the SoCo one. So the... Oh, I love that place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so they have, a, they have a good one over there. So there's a nice lady who has, makes excellent babooses. Anyway, mm. there's, I have a feeling there's going to be like a lot of little side notes here and there on this particular show. Let's get to Julian Araujo real quick before Jonathan Bond joins us here in about four minutes. Uh, Julian Araujo did declare... Uh, and it was something that we knew was coming, but also we didn't know that was coming. But then it was, oh, yes, it's definitely happening. And then it wasn't and blah, blah, blah. And it sort of fell down this road. Uh, Julian Araujo has been denying call ups from both Mexico and the United States as he has been getting ready to make this decision. Uh, and so it was finally announced uh, that uh, he says the best part of being Mexican-American is that I carry two flags. It's one of the things about myself that brings me great pride. I'm proud to be a Mexican-American and being raised in a Mexican-American household is a privilege for which I am forever grateful. Growing up watching the Mexican national team in the World Cup was a unifying moment for my family. Watching them inspired me to pursue a dream of playing professional soccer. So uh, Julian Araujo has declared and will now play his international soccer. Remember, one-time switch, Sophie. You get one. Uh, this is his one-time switch. He will go and play for Mexico. Um, so I, from a Galaxy perspective, um, I don't know how to take this. I actually think that there were better opportunities for him to play relatively quickly. And I know people are going to watch the game tonight and say, oh, Dest is fine. You're playing against Jamaica. Chill yourself. Um, but I feel like Araujo had a relatively easy path to getting playing time with the U.S. men's national team. Um, mm. That being said, he has a he has I think an easier path path with Mexico. So if you want an LA Galaxy player to be playing international minutes against some of the best teams in the world, then playing for the Mexican national team is not a horrible place for him to develop. But I would say that in some cases the U.S. may have a better track record of sort of developing those talents, those young talents, and bringing them along than maybe the Mexican national team does. So it's a it's a real tricky slope for him in terms of whether he finds consistency in minutes. Uh, with the Mexican national team. And I think he should. He's good enough to play international soccer as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It's certainly in CONCACAF. I don't know if you go other places. I mean, if you're really wanting to be, a, 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 nothing's guaranteed in international football, right? But if you look at Dest, he's playing for Barcelona. He's always going to be the number one choice. There's no doubt about that. So how often in a tournament is he going to get to play? Like in the World Cup, he'll only come on if Dest gets injured. Um, so, you know, is it good for LA Galaxy? I think as as many, I know I joked earlier about players playing, um, but if you've got international experience, it can only help the team. And American fans are gutted, and that's the truth. It's when there's a really good player that chooses the other side, um, it's gutting. Being Greek, my parents being from Cyprus and being born, being born in London, I can see the heartstrings pulling uh, to your heritage so I get that part. Like I've often said, if England were playing Greece or Cyprus in a World Cup final, who would I really be cheering for? And it's a bit of a tough one. So I can't I can't imagine it's an easy predicament. And I like to crack a joke here. So does he do the Federation get a refund for all the hours and time? they've? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you look at David Ochoa as well, right? Because he played a lot in the in that U.S. system as well. And then he comes through, um, you know, the bottom line is a lot of these guys just don't pan out. Right. So some of this mm -hmm. stuff is is sort of them trying to find the best place for them to to sort of be settled. Um, and so when you look at that and, and when you sort of see these different things to me, um, it's all about where the player feels comfortable. And if you listen to Julian Rajo, he says he feels more comfortable with Mexico um, than anywhere else. Now, the only thing I caution with international or anything else um, is that watch out for the different um, different coaches. Watch out for the different, mm -hmm. um, you know, 
everything can change very quickly uh, whenever you look at all these things. So it, it's just it's one of those things you always have to sort of try to look down the path a little bit. But we're going to break because uh, if I pressed all the buttons right and everything else, uh, I think joining us right now on the phone will be L.A. Galaxy goalkeeper, Mr. Jonathan Bond. Jonathan, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. How are you, Josh? I am doing excellent. Thank you. I'm glad we uh, we got you on you. Thanks for for taking a little bit of time. I know it's a it's a quote unquote off week. I'm sure you guys have been training and all that. But uh, thanks for stopping by and, and talking to us for a little bit. No, no problem. Man. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of the show. So um, whenever whenever you want to chat, I'm here. Absolutely. We appreciate it. So um, let's let's start. I'll start. Sophie's here with me as well. So um, I'm sure she'll get a chance to, <clears throat> to ask a question. Yeah, go ahead, Sophie. I was just going to say hello, Mr. Bond. I've always wanted to do that. It's just like it's just like getting the opportunity to say good evening, Wembley. So I had to say it. Comes out tomorrow just, as well, doesn't it? The new film. Yes, it does. It does. Um, can't wait for it. Hi, Jonathan. How are you, Sophie? You okay? I'm good. I'm good, mate. Thanks. Yeah. All right, all right. Sorry, sorry. No, no, that's fine. It's fine. I know you have some really good questions coming, so I'm I'm also pumped for that. So, so um, no, Jonathan, let's talk a little bit. Um, and let's let's start with uh with this this week training. Um, you guys get some time together. I know that time together this year hasn't exactly been something that you've had a lot of in terms of getting guys. And I know there's guys away. I know that you don't have the full team, but um, how how is the team sort of taking a look at this um this break and and what you guys have to do, knowing that you have a very good Portland team coming up here in just a little bit um to be honest we've had a few we've had a few breaks uh, throughout the season so it's not kind of like the first time we've um been in this position but uh i mean i don't know what greg has got planned for the for the whole two weeks and what exactly specifically we're going to work on but um the schedule is that we get uh we got we got monday tuesday off after the game and then we're in all the way through until i think we normally play kind of like a practice game uh, on Saturday so we'll probably do like an 11 v 11 um, make sure everyone kind of stays conditioned and has that um, full full field kind of 11 v 11 game um, and then yeah it'll be about kind of the later part of next week looking forward to the Portland game and and preparing for that so um, yeah that, that I think that'll kind of be what this this uh, this breaks about. Jonathan, you know, with the stop and starts as fans, it irritates us. I just wanted to kind of get into the mind of a player when you're not on international duty and, you know, whether you're on a winning streak or a losing streak, whether you're, you're kind of in the euphoria or the working on the things that aren't working. Is it frustrating as a player like these times where if you're not on international duty, how do you handle it? Yeah, I mean, as a fan, I'm the same. I don't like it when the when the football stops and there's nothing to watch. Um, but personally, as well, I kind of feel the same way because it's, I mean, I'm just speaking from from my perspective. I like when we're playing, we play a game, then another game, then another game. You just feel kind of in rhythm. And there was points earlier in the season where I felt like I was in a real good place and good rhythm and then you have to stop and you don't play a game for two weeks and then it kind of kills that that momentum um so I kind of there were a couple of times earlier in the season where I was a bit frustrated that there was a break but um it's, it's interesting because we've had quite a few of these kind of two-week breaks but then we'll have a lot of games really close together um and then we'll, like we'll play we've had plenty of kind of three game weeks so uh, we kind of have lots of rests and then suddenly everyone's really tired after a three game week and then lots of rest and then everyone's really tired again. So it is, it is a strange schedule. 
Yeah, yeah, it feels it feels strange to us too. I mean, I, I know yeah. that certainly with the with the pandemic and the late start that it was sort of uh, necessary for this. I know in 2023 they're talking about taking a month off in the middle for League's Cup, and I can only imagine that yeah. the that the schedule will be similar to what we're seeing now with that much of a break in the in the middle of the season. But um, I, I have to ask you. You know, Galaxy are on a nine-game winless streak. It comes off mm-hmm. the heels of a very good start. Um, by historical standards, one of the top five best starts for LA Galaxy. Um, but if you look at the Western Conference, you guys right now off the, uh, off the last five games at least, and I think it's more like closer to the last eight or nine games, are, are actually at the bottom of the table in those last nine or ten games. Um, is is there some frustration starting to build in? I know there's been some some quote, some quote unquote better performances for you guys, but it hasn't all come together to click to, to get you that win. No, I think that's right. We we started off really well. We had a lot of players unavailable. We had players that we signed kind of halfway through the season. We had a very disrupted de- um, defense where we just couldn't get the same the same guys uh, playing together every week, and then. I kind of felt like it's, it's strange timing where that this run that we're talking about has been kind of coincided with the moment where we finally had everyone together and fit and we've had everyone available. So that is a strange one. I felt I kind of feel like um, it's difficult to go back through all the games now, but the first part of, of this run, you know, they were just poor, poor performances. I think um, when I, when I look back, at maybe like seven or eight games ago like we just we just weren't playing well um where earlier in the season we might have got away with a couple of those games but then in the last three games i'd say we've played really well from like from my perspective and from within the club i I think we played really well uh but the problem is is we we're doing that after putting ourselves in position where things are now starting to Kind of not work and and go, and go against us a little bit and we, we put in a couple of really good performances and then I mean the Salt Lake game is a perfect example where we've missed a load of chances and then the last kick of the game the guys flicked over someone's head and volleyed it in so we've kind of put ourselves in this position a little bit we are we I felt like we have begun to kind of grind our way out of it um, but we're just yet to see see the uh, the results of that yet. I personally would say yep. that um, although yeah. we've had a great, great start of the season, first half of the season, um, I feel like I, I was kind of, I had slight concerns maybe going into a playoff game. You know, how are we going to perform in a, in a high pressure situation playoff game? But then when I came off the pitch at Salt Lake, I, I, I'm almost more confident than I had been at any point of the season. And I thought, wow, are we going to a playoff game now? with what I just saw, the intensity that I saw people produce, the concentration I saw people produce, just the the effort and dedication, I almost felt more confident at that point of going into a, a, a one-off playoff game. Because then I knew, well, we can actually play, when we put our minds to it, we can play a good game like that and produce a performance. So, yeah, strange, because we obviously we didn't win, and that's not what you want in any playoff game, and we need to get there first, so... Um, yeah, there's lots of strange things this season. It's interesting that you say that because on this show with Josh, we've talk, talked often about, depending on how the season ends, most teams are not going to want to meet LA Galaxy in a one-off game. I often say this about my team, Arsenal. It's that 
you know, over a stretch of 38 games in the Premier League, you know, they're just not mentally engaged. They're not there yet that, you know, and pretend they're a new team. LA Galaxy is a new team, but in a one-off game, feels like you've got the characters and the talent to be able to face any, any other team. Do you, do you guys talk about that at all? Like, how how is the conversation in the dressing room now or how much does Greg focus on the playoffs or is that even a conversation right now? Well, it can't be at the moment. I mean, it is always a conversation. We do talk about the one-off playoff game and how we would need to perform in that game. Like, that has been a running theme because it's something we've been look for, looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're in a position where we have to fight now to get a playoff place. Um, it's just by no means guaranteed. I'm still confident we'll do it, but... Um, yeah, it's not something we can go, okay, well, when we're in the playoffs, we'll do this. Like, we obviously, we're just not in a position to do that. But I think you're right. Like, I, I also have been told, I mean, it's obviously my first season here, that that tends to happen just in the MLS in general. Like, as the season's coming to uh, its climax and suddenly the levels go up and the standard of the games and the quality and everything just goes right up and you really see what the MLS is, is made of. And I kind of have seen that in the last few games from ourselves where we've been pushed into a corner a little bit and we're now we're really fighting for something where it, we you know we were cruising really first half of the season and I, I understand the results didn't didn't come from those performances but um, I saw things that I hadn't really seen for the first half of the season even when we were getting results. Yeah, it's. I know the results part is the is sort of the last thing. I also say it feels like the offense is sort of the last thing to sort of click into things as well. I mean, you know, we can we can look at the defense, and I'm sure you guys look at the defense consistently throughout the year. And obviously, I would say it's nowhere near where it needs to be eventually in in the first year of a of a system and everything else. Um, you know, it's not quite there. But now the offense isn't exactly clicking for you guys. Do you guys just need like? A lucky bounce does it need to like bounce off somebody's forehead and like accidentally go in the the net is are you guys just waiting for like the, <laughs> you know the dam to break on this i mean that would be nice but no i don't think so i think it's i i do think we need to um improve on both sides you know which obviously every team is looking to do but i think um we've kind of been really good attacking wise at points of the season, defensively, we've had an issue, obviously, throughout the season, really, um, where most of the time we, we really should have done better defensively. Um, but then there have been games within that where we have actually done really well defensively and then something stupid will happen, either either our fault or, or not our fault, and then, you know, a goal goes in and there goes a clean sheet so or, or a shutouts. So... I don't know. I try and find kind of like patterns and and make make sense of what's happening throughout the season and stuff. But I've just found this season to be really, really random um, from from our from our perspective. And I just feel, yeah, I, I come back to you know, you have to feel like you have the confidence in the team that they can put in a big performance. And um, I kind of felt that. I felt that the last few games. I, I I did think we were slightly tired actually against LAFC at the end of the third. Um, a third game in a week, maybe the second half. But really, first half, I felt like we controlled it. We were the more dominant team. And just by the end of it, I kind of, I think I got it from, from both from both sides. They looked a little bit tired. 
Yeah, it was it was uh, it was a lethargic second half. I think uh, from, yeah. from watching from the fan uh, from the stands, I'll, I'll say that uh, I wanted to I wanted to do some housekeeping before. I know Sophie has uh, a really good question to close it out, but um, a couple housekeeping items. Whenever I first had you on the show, I asked you what you like to do for fun, and then I basically answered the question for you and never gave you a chance <laughs> to answer it. Uh, rightfully so, our listeners have given me uh, crap for that for for most of the year. So um, I'm going to ask you what was what did you answer for me? Well, what I so answer? so the the whole thing was I was like, oh, you know, what do you do? for fun are you a fifa guy do you play so you know and then you have to answer that question instead of just i should have just shut up like that's actually the solution yeah. to most of my problems is i should just shut up <laughs> um but but i will ask you uh i'll ask this so when you're not uh playing soccer whenever you're not training whenever you're you're clearly not playing fifa because i remember that answer uh what do you like to do for fun and i promise i won't i won't answer it for you see this this question makes me feel so boring like i, I like <laughs> I most of, most of the most days I'll finish training and then I'll come, I'll come back. I live near kind of like central city mm-hmm. and I'll just go, um, I'll chill like in a, in a, in a cafe with, with the dog. Um, we, I, sometimes I go, I do go to the beach, but I kind of just hop around, enjoy the sun. We have, um, at the top of my building, there's like a rooftop where I just go and sunbathe. Like, honestly, I, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you Like I'm, I'm always speaking to people back home until they, um, until I go to sleep. I, I have been to Santa Barbara a few times. Okay. I love it there. Yeah. I love it there. Um, that I've really enjoyed going to Santa Barbara. And whenever we get a couple of days off now, I'm always like, oh, like, let's go to Santa Barbara. And um, yeah, any kind of any spare couple of days, I, I like going there. Um, just to kind of do the same as what I'm doing here, really, just sit around and <laughs> not do much. But yeah, I do like it there. Yeah. Well, that's good. Sophie, I know you had a good question that you wanted to ask. So I'll yeah, do it and then I'll, fin- and then also, I'll finish and it John- up. Jonathan's got it right because us Brits, when we're when we go home from work, it rains and it's cold and it's dark and all we want to do is sit on the on the sofa and have a yeah. you know tuna and sweet corn jacket potato and watch yeah. you know Only Falls in Horses or something. So, yeah. um, so yeah. Jonathan, a, a few years ago, Mr. Steven Gerrard was at LA Galaxy, and um, when I asked him one of my first questions, and he heard that I was English, he kind of looked at me and he said, "Oh." He said, do you miss Sunday roast dinners? <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I was just so, I, it was so heartwarming because I felt bad for him. I kind of wanted to take him home and cook him a, a Sunday yeah, roast dinner. Yeah, yeah. Do you miss Sunday roast dinners? Do you have Sunday roast dinners here in La La Land? No, I don't. I don't. I've, I've never been traditionally English like that. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I have an American mum and she's the cook at home. So... Right. We we never we've never in our family or in our house had that kind of that um, tradition. It's more of just like a, I mean, I've Meat, eaten some terrible so things meatloaf. when I was growing up. Yeah, You'd macaroni have and cheese, on Sunday. macaroni and cheese. Kind of See, yeah. he's spe- yeah. he's finally speaking English to me now. Now I know what he's talking about. That's that's good. Yeah, peanut butter jelly sandwiches. They were a snack <laughs> growing up. Yeah. Very, yeah. very good. All right. Well, I have one more question for you and then we'll, uh, we'll let you slide into, uh, into the rest of your evening here. Um, it is one that I get asked the most and I I'm offering, you know, my services and obviously my listeners services here. Um, like what do we have to do in order to get the Jonathan Bond goalkeeper Jersey to be sold in the store? I know it's frustrating. You and I have had discussions about this before, but I mean, man, it's, it's, and it, by the way, it's always been this way very rarely do they have goalkeeper jerseys for 
LA. Now, in other places like Seattle and some of quote unquote the bigger markets for merchandise where they have, you know, some of the larger ones, they do have that. Atlanta, Seattle, a lot of times they do. But what 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 do we need to do? What do the listeners need to do? Um I mean, for this season, I'm going to do a couple more giveaways just to get um at least some, like some out there. I'll get onto the uh, Raul, the equipment manager, at the end of the season. He'll have some spares. There you go. But um, but I have spoken. I have spoken to the club about it because it's not it's not right. Like I'm a goalkeeper. Obviously, I love being a goalkeeper. You know, there, there's there's lots of other fans out there who want goalkeeping jerseys. So like, yeah. I don't understand why they don't sell them. Like, but then it's it's strange because when I ask the club, oh, you know, why why don't they sell goalkeeping jerseys? And they say, well, no one buys them. I said, well. Like, well, I, I've got a few people kind of have asked me now, and maybe they would sell. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, like no, like no clubs sell them. They're not going to the like away games at the stadiums, and it's like people in the in the stands all wearing the brand new goalkeeping jersey. So, I think it's going to be a next season thing. I need to have another conversation with the club, but I think next season they will sell them for for real. I, good. I, I mean, um, I mean, like have them have them do a pre-order or something. I know people would get out there yeah, and even pre-order totally. some stuff and, and and do things like that. So, I listen. Whatever you need from us and helping you do that, um, we will a hundred percent do it. By the way, uh, Christian in the uh, in the chat room says that he paid one hundred and fifty dollars to get a goalkeeper jersey in store from the clearance section and then got it heat pressed with the MLS official numbers and the number <laughs> in order to try Amazing. to approach it. So, I mean, See, you know. Yeah, the club needs to like refund him about half of that because whatever it would normally be. <laughs> that, hey, Jonathan, that's how, that, that's how much they normally are. All right, don't, don't ask me why they're so oh, expensive here in the United oh, States, but but yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's one of those things. I you can by the way, if we ordered from uh, from any club in England, it would come, and even with overseas shipping, it wouldn't be nearly approaching the amount of money that for whatever reason. That right. Uh, everybody plays yeah. in yeah. There's, there's the authentic ones, and there's like the replica ones, isn't there? There's there is two different. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's it's not right, is it? Really, it I, should be. Just, it's so expensive. Not not when there's a popular player like you. It's extra not right, yes. and you're definitely a popular player. And we're not just saying that, Thank but you. yeah. It's, uh, they should fix that for sure. Well, we'll we, we will we will do whatever we can to help you. And so, uh, whatever you need, just let me know, and we'll 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 rock and roll with that. All right. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Right. So, in fact, I'll ask the club. And I'll let you know, and then we can put some sort of strategy together and team up. I, I love it. I love it. Oh, I'll, I'll make a, I'll make a Jonathan Bond t-shirt, but it just won't have like the same, you know, effect type thing, you know, as, as the goalkeeper yeah. ones. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that one to you. All right. Hey buddy. Uh, certainly appreciate you stopping by. Thank you for, for calling in. Thanks for interrupting your, right, thanks uh, your, for me. your evening and, uh, and good luck for the rest of the week and good luck against Portland. Thanks Josh. Cheers Sophie. Nice Thanks, mate. Take care. Well. Yeah, have a good, have a good one. one. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. There he goes, Mr. Jonathan Bond. Um, He's so easy to just like. He's so good. I He's mean, really good with interviews as well. I, I will tell He's, you this. He will listen to this, so it's one of those that, like, when, whatever mm-hmm. we say now, he will hear. But I would, I would be honest with you. I would be like, you know, the whole thing. But he is always so thoughtful with his an- answers. He's mm-hmm. he's always wants to give you as much information as he can go, which is, by the way, he talked about that RSL game. And I thought that was so interesting because if you talk to him after the RSL game, the most and I'm not going to say gobsmacked, but he was just like he didn't understand that game. Right. It's like it's one thing whenever you can sit there and, you know, obviously that was a game. The Galaxy looked like they have the point wrapped up and then the 95th minute they allow a goal to lose the game. And you could see the 
he was just, it didn't make sense. He's a professional footballer. He plays, he's played his whole life. He has been through mm-hmm. these before, but he was like, no, 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 no. We were, better, we were the better team. You can yeah. see it just like, and it, and you know, what bothers him. Um, and you know, he was sitting there just shaking his head and it was just, it was such a window into his world. And I think, feel like some players just allow you in. Um, and he's, mm-hmm. he's one of those guys, at least for me, that just allows you in. So that way you can experience things through him, which is why he's always such a great podcast guest. He's, he's, he's amazing. So, uh, always, 100%. always good. Always welcome. By the way, any LA galaxy player is welcome on the show. We will happily invite anybody on here and push their jerseys too. I mean, I don't want to feel like we're singling out one. We no. will, you know, who wants to sell jerseys? Does Sebastian Legette need to sell some more jerseys? I doubt it. Um, but you know, if he does, we will, we will happily do it. By the way, Jonathan in the uh, chat room says, Josh is dealing with jerseys again. I'm just having flashbacks of the beginning of the year <laughs> where, for whatever reason, I seem to be the mouthpiece of uh, of the jerseys uh, and the kits and all that fun stuff that was sort of going on. So uh, I'll draft the memo for you. I'll th- draft the memo. Thank you. Thank you so much. So all right. Um, this actually leads us into an interesting sort of little segment. And I feel like there's a responsibility for us to sort of um, sit here and and bring out our crystal balls. Right. And so we yeah. have to look at this and we have to say. What's going to happen in the next couple of weeks? What's going to happen in the offseason? What's going to happen next year for this LA Galaxy team? Where is this team trending? And certainly if you're looking at it in the last nine games, um, then it is trending very much down the toilet um, because that is how the results have come out. I agree with Jonathan, by the way, that they played some decent. They've had some decent performances. I won't say good games because good games usually infer that there's winning involved. There has been no winning involved. So the results are not going their way. I feel like they've had some good performances, but at the same time, you look at how they've quickly sort of, you know, just sidestepped down. And for a while, they got away with it where they were losing games and it wasn't hurting their position, Sophie. But now they're in a position to, by the end of this weekend, and we have talked about this before, be below the playoff line if results go a certain way between two games um, with two teams around them. So uh, take your short view, take your medium view into the off season, maybe even look and say, did the galaxy make the playoffs for you? Um, and then what's your, what's your long-term goal is Greg Vanny mm. here next year? I think that's a stupid question, but you can answer that. That's, that's fine. Right. Whose, whose responsibility do you think the, the form has been over these nine games? Because I have this argument and I know I give examples, but I give examples based on the other teams I support. Right. And for a long time, I, everyone blames the players at Arsenal. Mm-hmm. But you can't be a manager and finish eighth, eighth. And you, but he won the FA Cup. So that bought him time, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. love coupons with the fans. But whose responsibility really is it? Is it Arteta's? Is it the Arsenal players? Is it a combination of both? Is it Greg Vanny? Is it the uh, front office with, you know, the influx of so many players? Is it the players who, like Super Kevin Campbell on our show says, that cross the white lines? Like who, who, where does that responsibility lie? For me, because a lot of the times fans want to say, I've even heard some fans say Vanny out. I'm like, stop yeah. being crazy. <laughs> we we, we approach that all the time. madness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, so, and I have been on this, um, and maybe you have a different view of it and that's fine. Um, I, I am right now putting this on the players because I feel like, and certainly by the performances that they have made in recent times, and certainly at the beginning of this year too, they have shown the ability to win games and score goals and play a type of soccer that they want to play. And I feel, and this may be different than in most years, but at least for right now, and I have the right to always recall this and say, maybe this isn't happening, but I always feel like the LA Galaxy 
are prepared to play against their proponent of uh, the, the opponent that they're playing against. I always feel like Greg and the coaching staff has this team ready and willing to go. Um, I know people argue about lineups all the time and how there's like different rotations and some different things that have happened. And you can look and you can certainly criticize those. For me, I always feel like that the team that they put out there is perfectly capable of winning a game. Um, so for me right now in the positions that they're in, um, I would say that the players have a large part of this responsibility, but knowing that, that this is a new system for them, um, in terms of playing Greg Vanny and everybody always says it's not a new system. They've been playing soccer their whole life. They should understand how this all works. Yes. And no, the coaches want you to play a certain way. And Greg Vanny has an intricate system. And when it works, it's gorgeous and it's amazing. And you can do stuff like Toronto did where they just ran away from everybody and nobody ever touched them. And they won an MLS cup. You can do that. Um, but having said that, if you aren't familiar with that system, um, then I think in, in some ways you can you can be behind that. Uh, I'm also the same person, by the way, uh, Sophie, who has said that this LA Galaxy team is a better counterattacking team than they are a possession team. And I guess you could blame Greg Vanny if he doesn't want to implement that style more into how they play. Um, but that's, that's, that's more a perspective way. So I guess I could, I sit on the fence with that. Uh, mostly the players, if I'm, if I'm guessing. So are the, do you feel like the players have been there long enough now to be able to execute what he wants to do? And then that's where like the responsibility shifts a little bit because as manager, shouldn't he not try and put square pegs in round holes and adapt to also the players that he has? I feel like it's been six, one, half a dozen of the other. I mean, where- that's, that's fair. Yeah, where, where they're concerned. So short term, I feel like this team's going to pull it out of the bag. I do. Yeah. I, 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 it's, you know, there's too many times of late um, where you get to this point of the season and things go Pete Tong. And I feel like they're going to pull it out of the bag because I think they've got a better squad. And they, and they have to, right, right. Josh? Right. This yeah. is a better team than last year. It is. I, I mean, technically speaking, even by the metrics of just comparing last year's team to this year's team, I can tell you that this is a better team. Now, saying that 2020 was historically one of the worst years in Galaxy history. So there was a lot of room to move into that. Um, yes, I will. <laughs> I, I, true. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, you have to compare those yeah. things. Well, as I've yeah. told everybody, the Lake Galaxy's offense has gotten better since in 20 in 2021 than it was in 2020 the la galaxy's defense has gotten actually significantly better compared to 2020 now it probably shows you how horrible 2020 was in terms of that but Mm -hmm. i think we're almost 20 goals better because we had to project out 34 games for the 2020 season because it was only 22 games but we had to project out they were going to give up like 74 goals or something like that in that time right if they Mm -hmm. played all 34 games and it probably would have gotten a lot worse because they were toast by the end of that season um so they were going to give up 74 this year they're on pace to give up around 50 or 54 now in terms of galaxy history that's not great but in terms of one year improvement they are better um and i I will disagree with jonathan bond on this and that's fine i I imagine he'll still talk to me is that the biggest thing for me in these nine games that has been letting the la galaxy down is not the defense and certainly there are defensive miscues that have happened that have cost the la galaxy some games those types of things but it's been the lack of offensive production because they're down i think half a goal since like the Mm. the beginning of the year they need that half a goal they need that they they need to outscore Mm. some people so if that's what they did at the beginning of the year is outscore more people and I think the some, defense is a longer term thing to fix than it's just going to be able to be fixed this year. Yeah, some shocking misses in some games. I mean, and missed opportunities and chances. So longer term then, do you see Dos Santos staying? No. Like how? I don't either. <laughs> I, was, I, I, I don't I, mean to interrupt okay, you, but no. Yeah, no, no, no. Short and sweet. No, right. absolutely. 
Um, by the way, a little uh, $5 super chat from Patrick. Um, he says, uh, I like where this team is heading. Spoiler alert, they're not going to win a trophy this year, but, they're, but they've bought into Vanny, and that's good to see. And I agree with that, by the way. Having a direction after a completely rudderless season in 2020 where Guillermo Barrescoloto, uh, from all accounts that I've talked to players and different things, had a, a strategy of run more, um, which you can't do in a condensed schedule. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a criticism here, right? And if we're looking short-term, um, the criticism is that Greg Vanny has not picked a, and I saw somebody in the chat room say this, um, has not picked a nucleus and let everything revolve around, um, you know, the, the galaxy and sort of how they are. And I say, yes, true, but also with this schedule and I watch GBS pick a nucleus and run it into the ground. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, there has to be a balance. You have to rotate. Um, yeah. So, he wasn't adaptable, though. I mean, he wasn't at all, was he? He just, um, he was just like you said, very rigid. But you, can I just jump in real quick? Because Jonathan, Jonathan said something, and I wanted to ask you. He said, when I asked the question about the off season, the off international break and stuff like that, and when he said, "I don't know what Greg has planned for us in the next couple of weeks," I was like, "Ding, ding, 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 ding." That's weird i mean but is it i mean ultimately like the plan is that we know that we're going to train like you know you know you're going to train right so you know you're Mm going to be there you probably know the days you have to be there and i'm sure greg is the type of coach and we saw this at the beginning of the year that always has little things up his sleeve to sort of break things up right because uh he talked about it during one press conference earlier in the year um and he was sort of like you, you got to keep these guys like not hating training, right? You got to, you got to change it up. You got to let them like, sometimes they'll play, you know, soccer tennis, um, for a little bit in order to warm up. Sometimes they're, they play like some sort of like, you know, football game, like American football game where they have a soccer ball and they're throwing it to each other and moving and staying in limber and that type of thing. So I wonder if that's what Jonathan is, is up to in terms of that. Um, like he said, mm. you know, maybe there's a scrimmage on Saturday where they play a game against each other. So that way they can sort of stay in shape and, and do all that sorts of stuff. So, um, for me, it, I don't worry about these things because if I'm a player um, and being the the genius that I am, um, you know, and that was a, that was a sarcastic genius. Um, <laughs> I'm very bad at sort of looking ahead to things. Um, in fact, I get stressed out and I have an anxiety from looking at too many things at once. I have to be very much sort of day to day, week to week. You know, I text you on like a Tuesday to come on the show Thursday. I don't want to think about it on Monday because I have a show on Monday. So let's, right. let's not do that. Tuesday and Wednesday, I'll text you to see if you're on a show. That's how I cope uh, with the world that is crazy is trying not to get too far ahead of myself. So yeah, that's I just I, ju- I, I it resonate because I'm, there was a question I had asked Greg a few a few months ago on a, a, an away stretch and what he does to keep everyone together as a group and stuff like that. And he just didn't seem like he was, he's that kind of manager. He might, definitely, he might not you be, know what I mean? I mean, Bruce yeah. was, Bruce kind of wasn't that guy. Bruce wasn't a no. like, Oh, let's all hold hands and sing Kumbaya type of thing. Now I think Greg is much more, I think Greg feels the responsibility to bring this team together as more of a family. And that was completely lacking. There was no sense of that whatsoever in the last probably three years, at least Mm -hmm. Um, very disjointed, very broken apart. I think one of the reasons they're able to stay positive right now is because Greg Vanny has sort of instilled this in them that they are a family and they're sort of working. Um, But for me next season, Greg Vanny is here. Um, I imagine the LA galaxy come back with not 17 new players, Sophie, right? And so the fact that you're going to have all these returning players is a huge advantage in the offseason and everything else. By the way, uh, I also agree that um, 
that the LA Galaxy aren't going to win a trophy this year. Um, I think that w- now, is it impossible? No, it's not impossible. I have I can build a scenario in my mind of which this LA Galaxy team finally realizes its potential and that we've seen little glimpses of and suddenly figures out how to play within a system. But that would be way ahead of schedule from what I had. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's important for them to make the playoffs. And I think not making the playoffs would be a failure of this year, especially in the position they're at. So there is pressure in that. Um, making the playoffs. They've got to make the playoffs. The investment they've made, the players they have, the manager they bought in, the expectation was to make the playoffs. And it's important to make the playoffs because this team needs that experience. Because like you said, next season, I do believe they'll be better. Right. um, And it'll be more cohesive. And I think we'll see some departures and arrivals. Um, There'll be a a DP position going. So that allows the team to bring in someone, um, you know, from, yeah, big i mean and yeah. somebody was like i need a young player i don't need a young player that's not on my list i need no a pl- there's enough of that <laughs> that's enough of that i i want a yeah. sure thing give me somebody who is good on the ball i honestly think that the galaxy need a, a number 10 um they haven't had a 10 in a while and i really think that this is the the, the chance um for it so you know that's I, that's for me that's where i'm sitting i'm saying go after a 10 which by the way you're talking about some of the most expensive players in all of the world. Oh, yeah. Um, so there are so going to be some big names out there. And I want somebody, uh, as I have my my theory and my uh, my formula is absolutely 100% undefeated, uh, Sophie. Big names and winning in Los Angeles. Big names and winning. You can't, yes. you can't have one with the other. You can't have big names and no winning. Uh, yeah. You can't have... Uh, winning and no big names, it doesn't work. And people's like, well, let's try it with the no winning. I agree. We haven't seen a whole bunch of winning without big names, but at the same time, not in Los Angeles, not whenever there's, you know, ever the, not whenever there's the Rams and the Chargers and the Kings and the Ducks and the Angels and the Dodgers and all these, the Clippers and the Lakers competing for your dollar every single time. You better have star power in order to bring people into that stadium. And I think right now, quite honestly, if Chicharito was balling out of his mind like he was at the beginning of the year, they would have some of that star power. Um, but they're yeah. not getting it with Jonathan Dos Santos, and obviously it's not there with Kevin Cabral. So move, get somebody who moves the needle. That's my long term yes. next year. Move the needle and a playmaker. Need it both, not just yeah. the name. So, hundred percent agree. You uh, couldn't have put it better. I mean, this is La La Land. It's uh, the city of stars, and that's how it rolls. And when you have a five star winning team, you have a responsibility to the fans. You have the league. I mean, the league want LA Galaxy up there. They, they, this is they pretend, box office. They pretend like they don't, but they absolutely no, they, do. They need them. Yes. You know, yeah. it's like uh, that scene in Scarface. You need people like me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Can we just do movie reenactments from here on out uh, for the whole thing? By the way, by the way, you are rocking that. We said, by the way, at the same time, by the way, by the way, and you are, you are rocking that salmon shirt. I am a big fan of pink. Um, I, especially, I know October salmon, that's not pink. Uh, you know what? It's more pink whenever you get, trust me, it's, <laughs> this light maybe, maybe playing with it a little bit, but it's, it's definitely pink. I mean, when I ordered it, I was like pink that color. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, the whole thing, and it is also uh, breast cancer awareness month in October. So I was like, this is a good choice. I changed out of my women's national team, uh, USA, uh, polo that I wore to work today. Um, so I like to wear winners, um, at work. So that's why I have, and I also don't cover the women's national team. So that is why I will wear that shirt on, on a regular basis. So it's a lot more fun. For Very me. nice. So, um, by the way, I would like to shout out, um, and I believe somebody did. <laughs> Joe did guess our word. Our word is responsibility, Joe. So congratulations. Email me at corner of the galaxy, 
at gmail.com, cornerofthegalaxy at gmail.com, Joe, and you will get something. I will send you a sticker or something like that. So uh, make sure you do that, though. Cornerofthegalaxy at gmail.com. Tell me that it was you. Uh, I love people that are like, well, what if somebody emails in and says that uh, says that it was, you know, this person or, or whatever it was? I'm like, I'm like, you guys, don't don't make things hard on me. Just just have one person email. Don't don't try to steal things from other people when you didn't earn them. That's how that's how it works. So Joe, go ahead and uh, and do stuff. So which is do I need to draft another memo. <laughs> yes, I mean, I, is this going to be the second memo of the evening? It should okay. be. It should be um, future success for the L.A. Galaxy. Yes or no. Are they building in a, in a good direction? Yes. Okay. Yes. I do believe they are, but I think they have to make some bold and difficult choices in the off season. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even know that Jonathan Dos Santos is a difficult choice. So if I no, I, uh, but Cabral. You, I, he's not going anywhere. Five years, he's going to get a second year. So now, whether or not that pans out, and whether or not they put him on loan halfway through the season, but they're going to give him an off season. They're going to give him a chance to to adjust to Major League Soccer. Hundred uh, percent. There's no way they'll give up on that one year in. Um, they spent money and they're going to see, I don't it, see it. if it, if it plays out, you might not, and it might not work out. I mean, this is young player roulette that you're talking about, right? You get a young player, you think you can develop them. This is what they're trying to do. Um, Jovalich seems like he has some upside, so that's good. And I think the galaxy are in that, but you have a, a young designated player that you get benefits from, um, from having him in that position. And somebody said, and I think they're right. You could put somebody else in that position. Um, and you could, you have the same benefits, only maybe somebody better. I get it. But at the young designated player, there's going to be this, this, this guessing game that you're gonna have to play. These guys are not developed. These are not finished products. Um, but some players you see their talent right away and not necessarily that they're consistent week in, week out, but there's, there's just something about the eye tests as a fan for me. I just, I'm not sure if that's ever going to be a thing. Um, you know, yeah. And I, I understand. I see that sometimes. Absolutely. I also, there's the, the thing that keeps me sort of in his corner is that he gets in positions that no other galaxy player gets in, which is in finishing positions. He doesn't finish, but he gets in those positions. And so it's like, you know, he adds something that's different from every other player on the team, which is a good thing to have, but you need that, that final but sort of se- product. His second touch, his first touch sometimes is good, but his second touch sometimes is so poor. He does not set himself up. Remember whenever he scored the goal against, I don't know if it was RSL or whoever it was, he was coming across the middle and Greg Vanny afterwards talked about how he put his, the ball in a place only he could get it and how he mm-hmm. was really proud of sort of that development that, that he came through. That's what he needs more of. That's what you're talking about. The second touch is too often into danger where somebody else can take it and steal it and do something with it. So um, I think this season's okay to have a bit of a project but LA Galaxy can't afford to go into a second year having an, a project. But you know, it needs to be let's be more competitive. Let's go win this thing. But in order for them to keep some of the players that they have, Julian Araujo at the U22 and Efrain Alvarez at the U22 and uh, Jovalich at the U22 spot, they need a young designated player in that third DP spot. So even if yeah, you get rid of him, you're going to have to bring somebody else that is a young DP into that spot or leave it open. That's the other option. You could leave it open. Bring in a better player. Bring in a better player and not have a designated player, but then you don't get the option of having that third designated player. So no, but I'm saying just bring in. I don't whatever the slot is. That young, you need to find a better one of those. I understand. That's why. That's just. Or maybe I'm being a bit too ruthless. um, It's it's early. I'm I'm fine with it. Um, I don't think Kevin Cabral listens to our podcast yet, so I think we're okay. 
Um, let's go to, to winning streaks. I did some research on this. Uh, I wanted to get to the LA Galaxy's obviously winless streak. I have losing streaks and I had winning streaks. So if we separated by season and I had them by a number of games and a whole bunch of stuff. And so I wanted to put that together, but I didn't have the winless streak or unbeaten streaks listed as well. So I went through 26 years of history and, and looked at and created my <laughs> Coach, you did. and created my own <laughs> shorthand um, in order to pull all of this together and, and make it a go. So this is what I have. These are my results. I've tweeted these out. I put them on our discord as well. So that way, you know, um, all the things, the longest single season win streak for the LA galaxy was in 1996. That was 12 games. Now, remember those were draw. Those were, there were no draws. It was wins and losses. Right. And so that's probably an unrealistic, um, thing to sort of look at. And if you go for the second longest winning streak was nine games and that was 1998 again in the shootout era, uh, the shootout era ended in 99. So really, if you want to talk about the LA galaxy's longest winning streak in the quote unquote modern era, you would have to go to 2007, 2014 and 2019 all had five game winning streaks. These are winning games in a row. Okay. Just keeping everybody on, mm. on their toes. Now let's get to the longest single season losing streak. Uh, and these are single seasons. So I do not go bridging between two seasons to try to figure out how many games they lost. I don't care about that. I like single season stuff. It's cleaner. Um, we can get into the longest losing streak. Uh, it is in 2006 where they lost seven games in a row. Uh, they did it well as they did uh, six games in 2007 and six games in 2020. So remember we were talking about how bad 2020 was. They lost six games in a row in 2020 which is not a good thing to have happen to a soccer team. So that was something. Now let's get to what is happening right now. The winless streaks, Sophie, the winless streaks. Uh, oh this, boy. this includes not winning a game for X number of games. Now the longest drought in LA galaxy history uh, was in 2008. They went winless in 12 games. All right. Uh, in 2017, we've talked about uh, they went winless in 10 games right now. The LA galaxy in 2021 are winless in nine games. If they if they cannot beat Portland, um, then they will be winless in 10 games, which will tie the second longest winless streak in L.A. Galaxy history. Just letting you know, as good as the season started out, Sophie, it is not good right now. In fact, it's historically bad whenever you look at this, um, which is kind was of that. Yeah. Was that 08 team the Red Hullet team? Uh, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yep. David Beckham was on that team. Beckham was on that team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. That was the year I started. Actually, my first LA Galaxy game was in that year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lucky, lucky me. Uh, got in at the right time. <laughs> um, so you look at that. Now let's get to the just to close everything up in the, the longest single season unbeaten streaks. 2011 holds this record. 14 game unbeaten streak, Sophie. Uh, 2011 was an M was an MLS Cup winning year. It was also a Supporter Shield winning year. It was a balanced Supporter Shield winning year. It was the last time the the Supporter Shield was in a balanced schedule. Um, and if you go back and the the 12 game unbeaten streak the LA Galaxy had in 2010 also came as a result of um, a a Supporter Shield as well. So they won the Supporter Shield in 2010 and 2011. 12 game unbeaten streak, 14 game unbeaten streak. You go into 2009, the first year of Bruce Arena, he had a 10 game unbeaten streak, which ties the longest in 2014, which was 10 games. Um, so uh, if you look at this year, the longest unbeaten streak the LA Galaxy have had has been four games. So they haven't really been able mm -hmm. to string them together. I will tell you the one thing that I found while doing all this stuff, Sophie, which maybe some people, their eyes glossed over and they took a nap for a little which while. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I need I need all that encouragement for, you know, printing out 26 years worth of L.A. Galaxy <laughs> stats and trying to figure that stuff, creating my own shorthand in order to do it. You know, wins on the left hand, right side. I will tell you this. So often in these, um, you will have the longest unbeaten streak and then you will have the longest um, winless streak and they will be overlapped down each other because <laughs> there's a whole bunch of draws in between. And so you have to go back and count up the lot to the losses. Well, they didn't win until there. So they lost mm-hmm. all these, you know, so an eight game uh, unbeaten streak can be quickly be a nine game uh, winless streak. Uh, very just with a, a couple of things to turn over. Um, God bless you, Josh. Yeah. I mean, seriously, that's so much fun. Go- Good times. Yeah. Good times. Um, I wanted to get to well, the, yeah, go ahead. Those teams were so good. I just wanted to add that, that yeah. the, the, the 11, 12, I mean, they were fun to watch. 11, really 12, fun. 13 was good, even though they didn't yeah. win. 14 was mm-hmm. good. 15 was a good year. Actually, if you, if you go back and watch those games, 15 and 16 were okay years, uh, by LA galaxy standards. So the Bruce arena time, 2009 to 2016 was a special, special time. And now Bruce oh, is yeah. out there like, you know, kicking butt with new England now. So, um, always, Bruce, you can, you can never keep Bruce from doing this. I, I wanted to ask you this question. This was one of the things that you and I sort of discussed a little bit before we got on here. Um, and we got to keep it brief because we've already rolled through yes, most of the show and do I, I don't want to keep it the whole thing. But were the LA galaxy wrong to unveil Landon Donovan's statue against LAFC? We know that they had the FU chance um, from the LAFC supporters and the chance during halftime while Landon Donovan was being inducted into the ring of honor. Um, so you had that, you know, that they did it the same thing whenever they were showing the, the statue ceremony inside the game outside, they were doing that. So, I mean, but you kind of had to know that that was going to happen, right? I mean, I didn't expect them to behave well. Um, so, so were they wrong to do it against LAFC or was that still the right game to do it against? This is a really great question. Um, it's deliberate. Let's put it that way. Um, but I don't think any of you know no one endorses people fighting and people getting into mischief and trouble and any of that stuff but knowing the rivalry and the intensity of it it was high risk um but also i think la galaxy just wanted to remind lafc of the history and the players and not only players legendary players right there's going to be another statue reveal at some point you know be robbie Keane or Kobe Jones. You know, Kobe Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Titino, by the way, is getting a lot of votes for a statue eventually. And I don't have a strong disagreement with that. I will I will tell you. There's a real history with what Joe has been able to do in the booth covering the LA Galaxy for as long as he did. So anyway, I'm sorry. I just wanted to interject. People were asking. Maybe Joe's should be like a broadcaster one or something he, on the inside versus he, on, he on, sh- that, on Something the has to happen. Like, you know, I know whenever you go to Dodger Stadium, like where Vin used to, uh, when Vin Scully used to broadcast from is like the Vin Scully broadcasting booth. Like it's it's labeled. There's a, there's a plaque there and everything. And so you can walk yeah. by that and be like, that's where Vin sat. And, you know, that's sort of something special. Um, with that. So yeah, something, something he's been on beside the point, but I mean, it's it's a reminder to them. This is, this is greatness. This is history. You don't have it. We have it. And I hope it didn't ruin. I don't think it ruined Landon's enjoyment of the day and the time and the moment at all. Um, but it was, I would say it was bold and, but deliberate and can, can can I I give you naughty, bit naughty. Can I give you the, um, can I give you the 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 reasons why I think the business side of that, the reason that they did it? Um, because for me, this is why they decided to do it. 
um, national TV audience, right? You had ESPN2 doing the game, so it was a national TV game. It was the biggest game. It's The El Traficos are always the biggest games of the years. They draw the most numbers whenever they have those games as well. It's must-see mm-hmm. It's must see television, even though that second half definitely puts some people to sleep. Um, and I think it hurt the overall status of the El Trafico seeing that game being the third game of three, and I think MLS should learn from that. Um, mm-hmm. You have that, and then you knew it was going to be a sellout, right? You knew there was going to be fans in the stands for this game. You can't say that about any other game this year which is a whole different That's argument, true. but you can't say that. So you knew there would be a sellout game. You knew it would be full capacity, even in the pandemic. You knew you were going to get the best sort of marketing push that you could from the national TV audience. So that's why you do it for that game. Um, I still think that maybe if you had a a, a better, or if you've done a better job of, of selling tickets, I understand it's pandemic and you do all that, that you could have other games that would be big games that you could have done that against and you wouldn't have to have had quote unquote the ugliness. By the way, Mr. Ravino asked, uh, would Arsenal fans do that at, if they went to Tottenham and Tottenham was unveiling a statue? Would Arsenal fans uh, have have been as rude, uh, let's say, as as the LAFC fans. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I know. Tottenham the truth fans, is, yes, yes, but I don't think the Premier League would ever let that happen. Right. Because it could incite violence, <laughs> violence, and it did. You know, I mean, <laughs> fans are crazy. They're emotional. I mean, you're going to unveil a Thierry Henry statue outside, you know, the Emirates when we're playing in a North London derby or, you know, a, a, a Ledley King statue outside Tottenham, you know, before a North London derby. That's a bad decision. So now they're asking me in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, a bad decision. It would be a bad George. decision. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. That's good. Um, I want to get to some uh, some requirements here real quick. Uh, we have some vaccine requirements that are, and the vaccine and the testing requirements that are coming up. I want to get to this because I want everybody to be prepared. Uh, Dignity Health Sports Park has an event coming up starting on Friday, and then they have a sold out game going on Saturday. Uh, two Mexican uh, Liga MX teams are playing. Um, and I forget who it is and I didn't pay much attention, but it was sold out. And so this is why they released this information. Uh, here are the acceptable forms of COVID-19 vaccination proof. Um, you either have to have your CDC vaccination card, a photocopy of the card or a photo of the card on a mobile device. Um, acceptable forms of a negative test. You have to have a negative test that is within 72 hours of the game time. Um, or the event time, I should say, depending on what event you're going to. Um, and acceptable forms of negative test results are printed documents from the test provider laboratory or an email or text message from the test provider laboratory displayed on a mobile device. Uh, they're not going to let you just say, yeah, I'm good. Self-attestation is not permitted, is not a permitted method for verification of vaccination or test results. Now, on this you will see, Sophie, they don't mention those QR codes and those mobile that you can get from the state of mm-hmm. California because you can get a mobile like vaccination card. And so I asked the LA Galaxy today if that would be something that they um, that they are going to allow. And the LA Galaxy did tell me uh, Vicky Mercado was great. She got it all set up. Um, big shout out to Vicky as well for, for helping me out with uh, Jonathan Bond today as well. Um, but uh, I said I reach out to the LA Galaxy and the QR code slash digital vaccine records you can get from the state of California that weren't mentioned in release will be accepted. So they are going to to be accepting those. Now, somebody asked me that they had one from Costco that was like a QR code that was, but it's not registered with the state. So you can't get it off the state thing. I imagine that most of the QR codes, as long as they are val- here's what I'm going to tell you. Take a picture of your vaccination vaccination card and just have it on your phone and then have the <laughs> digital one too. I mean, for me, I'm probably going to have like a, you know, a, my actual vaccination card is going to be in the backpack. I'm going to have a picture of it and, you know, whatever. I, I'm, I'm sure I'll have multiples. Bring backups just in case some stuff. Don't just rely on one thing. What if, you, what if your phone dies? And then you I can d- see you and Baxter having like four backups. 
you know, that does uh, that totally. does sound very much like something Kevin and I would do. So um, totally, totally. Now, if you ha- let's say you turn up, is there going to be a testing center at the stadium? So at least for this event, they said that there would be there. We don't know about the Galaxy event coming up in Portland, but they said that there will be testing centers on site and available. And this game was, I think, was supposed to start at seven. They said you better arrive there by five if you want to get. I mean, they're expecting that this is going to be a little bit more of an arduous process to get yes. you in. Here's the good news: is they get to practice on that sold out crowd coming up this weekend and not on yes. the LA Galaxy crowd that will have hopefully worked out some of the kinks uh, that come with that. So uh, that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, I saw people saying, oh, well, it's a max. It's a vaccine mandate. It's not a mandate because they're giving you a testing option as well. So there are plenty of reasons for that. LA Galaxy, Dignity Health Sports Park are not going to give you your money back if you can't provide one of those two things that they said and you show up to the game and they're like, they're like, sorry, there's plenty of ways for you to get this, including on-site testing. There's no reason for you not to, to be asking for a refund based on that. Um, so yeah. I think that's fair, by the way. I don't have any problems with that. So uh, uh, that's yeah. that's coming up. Remember that. Uh, for kids under 12, uh, obviously they're not allowed to be vaccinated yet. Uh, they're expected to wear a mask just like everybody is expected to wear a mask whenever they're in. Um, they don't have to have proof of anything because they're under 12 and they can't get vac- vaccinated. So if you're asking about kids under 12, that is the that is the answer. Why, why um, do I see all these college football games and there's nobody wearing a mask and there's 120,000 people at Penn State and uh, you have to wear a mask it's, uh, it, it was funny. One of our Discord users was at the Austin game um, for the U.S. Uh-huh. men's national team, and he was joking. He goes, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one here wearing a mask. Right. And so I would say that outside of the state of California, which is currently leading the nation in the best places for for covid spread, um, they're in yellow and everybody else is in red, which is one step away. There's an orange in between that. And California mm-hmm. currently is in the best shape out of anybody um, in that. I will say that, um, you know, Everybody wants like this, this D-Day celebration of, oh, the the pandemic is over and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's not going to be that. It's going to be with us. It's going to sort of be around. It'll be there. But at the same time, things are going to get more and more normal as we go. So I would say just expect some of this. I went to a concert uh, last week. Uh, and I enjoyed mm. myself so much and it was so nice. And you had to have vaccination, proof of vaccination or a negative test within 72 hours. So I felt perfectly fine. I had my mask on, but I also was drinking a beer. And so when you're drinking directly, your, your mask right. is off. I felt fine. Um, and so I think that's more and more how that's going to go. But I, I can't really answer that question outside of there's some people who think it's already over. Um, and yeah. that's how they're going to live. And, you know, we're sort of at that point now where it's like, okay, I guess, I guess that's it. So, uh, so we'll, we'll be stuck with, stuck there for a little yeah. bit. I was, at, I was at Spy Stadium at the weekend and, um, there was really nobody wearing a mask in, in the, uh, in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I can see it. It's all starting to happen. Uh, I want to give you uh, a little bit of the LA Galaxy schedule coming up. Uh, Portland on 10-16. Uh, that's the next game. Then they'll go away to Houston. By the way, Houston is the only other team. LAFC is the only team this year the LA Galaxy will not have lost to outside of Houston. All right. So they will go to Houston with the goal of not having lost to Houston because everybody else in the Western Conference they have lost to. Uh, this season. Mm. So keep that in mind. 1020 uh, midweek game, Houston, LA Galaxy uh, in Houston at BBVA Stadium. Uh, hopefully Houston has given up on their season at that point. Um, I don't know that that's the case yet, so you're going to have to deal with them. Uh, but that'll be an interesting one. Then it's home to face Dallas on 1023. Uh, the LA Galaxy then traveled to Sporting Kansas City on October 27th. And then the weird Monday night game, it wasn't on Halloween night. So I guess maybe we should all thank, be thankful for that. The LA Galaxy on November 1st will travel up to Seattle, take on the Seattle Sounders. 
Um, and then the very last game, we're, we're almost there. We are, we are approaching the, the end of the season. Wow. You can see it in this, uh, in this schedule, 11, seven, the LA galaxy will host Minnesota United could be, and very well be it for a playoff position. Um, just in terms, I hope it's not, I hope the galaxy figure out how to win somewhere in some of these games, but you know, uh, the current trend doesn't wow. say that. So uh, quickly, by the way, LA Galaxy 2 playing some games. Uh, I think they're at uh, Las Vegas Lights uh, tomorrow night. Las Vegas is the LAFC USL affiliate. Sophie, you'll be happy to know they have already been eliminated from the USL playoffs, so they don't have anything to play for. LA Galaxy 2 will be there uh, playing in Las Vegas against the Lights at Cashman Field. Uh, They'll go up to Sacramento Republic FC. They have El Paso Locomotive they'll host, and then their very last game, 10.30, the LA Galaxy 2 will host Orange County SC um at dignity health sports park for that very last game so that's sort of where we sit very nice wow the season feels like it's been so long but it, yeah it feels like it's flown by gone no Sorry. no no it's fine i just i'm just want to wrap up some things um if you're looking at anything for this weekend seattle will play this weekend um it's one of the games you actually need to watch because they're playing against vancouver seattle will clinch a playoff berth in the uh in the playoffs uh if they win or tie against vancouver on october 9th so that's something and fc cincinnati will be the first team eliminated from playoff contention uh, if they lose or tie versus Philadelphia coming up on October 9th as well. So that's sort of what to watch for this weekend. Uh, go check out your your sort of your your bracket for the playoffs. The only team that's in it right now is New England, who already have that number one's position locked up in that uh, Eastern Conference, that very easy Eastern Conference. And then Sophie, it's an international break. There are players mm-hmm. gone, but that doesn't mean MLS will stop. Why? Why would they? Of course. Um, so there are four games this weekend. The ones that you need to watch Seattle hosting Vancouver at 6 PM on Saturday, October 9th. And then you have the October 10th game, Sunday, October 10th, uh, Minnesota versus the Colorado Rapids. Both of those games, super important to the standings. And if we look at the Western conference standings, we will see that Minnesota has a chance if they beat Colorado to jump the LA galaxy, Vancouver, if they beat, uh, uh, Seattle can jump the LA galaxy as well. So this is why we say the LA galaxy could be in eighth place in the Western conference before they even have a chance to come back and play something to watch there as we go on. All right. Wow. Anything else, Soph? I mean, now now that we've, I mean, can you put a bow on this in, in, you know, entire sort of show that we've had and then just how how should fans be feeling? I mean, you, you can't feel, I asked if there's any confidence left in one of my posts and people were like, no, no confidence, just hope. Uh, and then of course that brought me to, it's, that's the hope that kills you. Um, so. it, it is my responsibility <laughs> <laughs> to tell the LA Galaxy fans, don't give up yet. It's not over until, in England, we'd say the fat referee blows the whistle, but we're not going to go there. Um, It's not over. And when you get back, when everyone gets back from the break, have they gone through their toughest period? You could argue, yes. At some point, the bad streak has to end. And I know I've seen your your digits, your data analysis and your numbers. And and when you look at that, you think to yourself, you know what? This, This streak is poor, but there's hope. And the hope does kill you, but they have the talent to be able to do it. They've got to get into the playoffs. This team has to know how to taste it, feel it, touch it. And who knows, once you're in the playoffs, anything is possible. And who doesn't want to see LA Galaxy versus Bruce Arena's New England in the MLS Cup final? I, I mean, that's uh, that's that's absolutely 100 percent. Um, we, we, we need to we need to do that. That's 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 more fun than anything. I, I remember the years whenever uh, my favorite year was at 20. 20- 
maybe it was 2012 or 20. It was 2012. Uh, LA Galaxy make the playoffs, the last team to get in the playoffs, right? Uh, Houston Dynamo on the Eastern Conference side, last team to get in the playoffs. Those two teams met in MLS Cup in 2012 uh, to get all the way. So if you're in, you have a chance. And, Absolutely. And I, listen, do I think it's realistic chance? No, I don't. Um, because this team, to me, Sophie, it's biggest missing thing besides consistency any sort of i mean consistency right now they have it they are not winning um but it, a positive consistency uh is that show me you're ready to win the big game big game show me you're ready to beat the sporting kansas city show me you're ready to beat seattle saunders i don't know if they're there yet i don't expect them to be there this year but show me that you want to be ready for that game whenever it comes because they played very well against both those teams but got losses out of both of those teams so now show Josh, me, the thing yeah they've got a manager who's been there. This is where he's going to earn his crust. And, and by the way, Patrick points out, this is, this is super important. Portland is on some ridiculous winning or, or unbeaten streak. Um, it's like mm -hmm. nine or 10 or 12 games. It's a long one. They haven't lost since like the middle of the season. You want to talk about a big game to win, win that game against Portland. That is a mm -hmm. game. And at least in the two times you played Portland earlier in the season, you matched up well against them. Now they've, they are a different team. Now they play much better, much differently. They figured out how to play. Uh, Giovanni Severese has, has, has sort of worked them and molded them into something that is very good. They are a very mm -hmm. good team right now, but show me you can win that game because that game is a springboard to every other game that you play after that. Once you can take down the, I think one of the best informed teams in major league soccer so far over the last like five or six games, you now have the ability to beat the best team in the league. So win that game, show me that you want it and show me that you want to get to the playoffs and, and actually do something. You, you have to win games down the stretch. That's the only way 100%, this works. So hundred percent. And they've got to eliminate their mistakes and take their chances. Keep it simple it's not complicated. It's football isn't rocket science. No. And Greg Vanny has been there. He's going to know how to get this team ready. And like you said earlier, are the players going to be ready? And they have to be. They really do. There's there's no excuses. They are good enough to make the playoffs. They've got to get in there. Otherwise, like you said, it's a failure. It, it is. It would be a failure of this year um, because especially with the way they started, I think you can readjust that a little bit because at first you're sort of like make the playoffs after being as horrible as you were in 20. Just make the playoffs. Now it's like, well, you have to make the playoffs. You have been in the third or fourth position for the majority of the yeah. season and you just creep down a little bit at the end. You need to you need to write that. You need to climb back up a couple of positions before the season is over. Um, and, and Chicharito as well needs to like, you know, this is his time this is his moment you want to have a, a legacy in mls this is it mate hey start, now's the time start winning now and then you only need to win like four or five games once you get in the playoffs and would be mls cup champion it's not like a ridiculous amount of games you can if you put it together you get hot as as eric would say don't peak too soon uh so either uh according to the hammer the la galaxy have already peaked and it, they peak too soon or they <laughs> haven't peaked yet and it is time for them to peak uh, in order to head into this. So, all right, that's what we got. Uh, anything else, Sophie, you want to get to, or can we, uh, can we head on out of here? Oh yeah, we're good. All right. Perfect. All right. If you're looking for, uh, will you tell people where they can find you? I was thinking I had to do it. Like whenever I do it with Kevin, I have to do Kevin's <laughs> part, but I don't. Sophie, tell people where they can find that you. That lazy so-and-so, <laughs> yeah. uh, at Highbury Squad on YouTube. Give us a, give us a check. 
and at Soccer Diva on Twitter and at Highbury Squad on Twitter as well. Thank you, Josh, once again. Excellent job, as always. Thanks, Sof. We appreciate it. All right, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. Of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Big thanks and shout out to Mr. Jonathan Bond for stopping by the show today. Thanks to the LA Galaxy for making him available. Vicky Mercado, thank you for coordinating all that stuff. So that'll do it. Another show on Monday night. I don't know if Kevin will be here or not traveling with the U.S. Men's National Team, but we'll find somebody to fill in and we'll find other stuff to talk about. LA Galaxy getting back into game week next week. All right, have a great weekend off. Watch some MLS soccer. Watch some internationals. For Sophie DeCannon, Nicolau, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.